is your biggest fear? Just call it out. I know we did this last week, just asking some, some call out and response time. What are you most afraid of? Suffering, Suffering okay. You guys are fearless. <laughs> I am most afraid of snakes. Okay? I think that that fear probably came from watching Indiana Jones as a young child. Uh, but I'm afraid of snakes. And uh, there's some different places you can go online. And you know how reliable things are online. Uh, but some polls that were taken. And there's actually an a, a organization that just polls people to find out data. That's their whole uh, mode of existence. And in 2014, they asked people just like you, what are you most afraid of? And the number one thing was public speaking. That actually surprised me. Anybody else have that fear of public speaking? Okay, it's all right. I do too. No, I'm just kidding. But also on that list were heights, bugs, spiders, right? Arachnophobia. There's a movie that came out in the 80s about that. Uh, Drowning. That was one that was curious to me. That's one of the top fears of people. Uh, And then nothing personal to some of you guys over here, but clowns was on the list as well. Clowns was actually tied with ghosts. So I think actually I'd be more scared of a ghost clown uh, than that. But then in 2022, they took the same poll, and the the responses were a little different. Spiders was now the top. I don't know what's happened in the last decade to make people more afraid of spiders than public speaking. Maybe it's the internet. But heights also was one of them. Anybody afraid of heights in here? Crowded spaces. And one of the top fears was social anxieties. That was something that never really appeared on the list before. The last on the list in 2022 was cats. There's a whole group of people that are afraid of cats. But this time of year, uh, there is another thing that would make that list for children in particular. And that is the fear that they'll get a lump of coal for Christmas. There's actually videos. I'm going to spare them. I, I normally like to show stuff like that. I don't want to show it because, frankly, it's just heartbreaking of parents who are just telling their children that they are going to get lumps of coal. And then some of these kids actually Christmas morning, there's video of them receiving lumps of coal. Uh, it's just so sad. But it's a big fear that people have of getting lumps of coal. But one of the most universal fears that all of us have is the fear of dying. Now, that takes on different things depending on where you're at in life and different tones even. Some are afraid of the suffering, as someone said earlier, the suffering that might happen when they die, the process of dying. Others is the fear of the unknown, or for many, the fear that they might spend eternity in hell, separated from God. It's a really big fear. So why are we talking about fear on Christmas? This doesn't sound like a very uh, tidings of good joy, We're in a series called The Already Not Yet. We've been talking about the kingdom of God and how the kingdom of God came down already. That's what we celebrate here at Christmas time. What's called the first advent, right? The coming kingdom of God that, that Jesus came in the form of a baby, that he lived and that he died. And I used this illustration the first week uh, from the Lord of the Rings. And I had someone tell me, why is it that every preacher just wants to use the Lord of the Rings? Because it's a great analogy for things. But this is a a three-book series, and it starts, this represents, uh, this is an understanding here, for those of you who weren't here, of, of the already not yet concept. That we had creation, but then we had the first advent. And in this time, Jesus came 
but he has not yet come again. The return of the king, right, is the last book of that. And, and we live in this space between the already, Jesus coming for the first time, we celebrate at Christmas, and him coming again at the not yet. And there's all of this stuff that happens in this space between the already and the not yet. And that's what we're talking about this series of how do we live in light of the fact that there's this tension, that Jesus has come. We see all, over and over again in scripture, we've gone through a lot of these scriptures over the last few weeks, of Jesus saying the kingdom of God is here, but yet it doesn't feel like the kingdom of God is always here. There's suffering, there's persecution, there's pain, there's dying. And so how do we live in this tension of that Christ has already come, but he has not yet come again. Uh, this past week, my daughter, Kira, who's up here, came home from college. She actually graduated from college early. And uh, she is living in the already, not yet, right? She's 21 years old. She's graduated college, but she still lives at her house. She's independent, but she's not fully independent, not fully on her own, right? She's living in that tension. And as followers of Christ, so are we. See, we've been forgiven of our sins, but we're not yet free from sin. Sin is still all around us. We love Jesus. We can know him, but we don't know him fully. Our citizenship, it's not here in Seymour, is it? It's in heaven. But I still live in Seymour, Indiana, and I have an old house, and I have leaky faucets. <laughs> so I live in this tension of the already, not yet. And Christmas is about celebrating the already, that Jesus already came down to offer us life. He already made a way for us to experience it with him. He already took care of our sin. The kingdom is already here, but it's not here completely. See, at Christmas we celebrate the already, but we live our lives, as we've seen over the last few weeks, for the not yet. Over the last few weeks, we've seen some of these. I want to run through some of these points that we've made. In the midst of our waiting, things aren't always easy or enjoyable or fun. But like Mary, we saw this. We can have joy because our joy isn't based on our circumstances, right? It's based on our Savior. And we, like Mary, are highly favored. And we have the Holy Spirit within us. Last week, we looked at the Christmas carol. We looked at Scrooge. And we saw that we are not who we were. That we've been changed, but we're not yet who we will become. And we learned that our past doesn't have to define our present. We don't have to be defined by what's happened in our past, by the sin, the suffering. But our present, how we live in the now, determines the future. Determines what happens to us in the not yet. And what about this future? That's what we're going to talk about this morning as we wrap up this series. Some of the future that we have is already now. Right? Some of the kingdom of God we get to experience. We saw this in our first week. We read Romans chapter 8. If you've got your Bible, I encourage you to open up to Romans chapter 8. We're going to be jumping around a little bit this morning, but I'll try to give you some time to find it. Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 19. Actually, verse 18. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. 
For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers, we also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us, as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies that he has promised us. Amen? How many of you want that new body? Yep. We were given this hope when we were saved. See, we're groaning because we have a foretaste of the already not yet kingdom. In this time of year especially, we tend to recognize the already kingdom of God breaking through. We somehow see it more regularly. It's more apparent to us than it is in other times of the year. We're paying a bit more attention. We actually sang about this first advent several times today. And we saw the song we sang, what a beautiful name, that he didn't want heaven without us. He didn't want the not yet. God didn't want that without you and I there. So what did he do? He sent Jesus down. He brought heaven down is what the song that we sang said. See, God didn't want eternity without you. So he sent Jesus. Through a proclamation in Isaiah, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. This will prove to you that he wants you in eternity. A virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and you will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. See, when Christ came in the first advent, he brought us into a new reality. Uh, The kingdom of God broke through. Emmanuel, God with us. And Emmanuel, God with us, is we see the already happening all around us. We've experienced it just this last month here at Seymour Christian gathered with our elders and some people over in my office to pray that they would be healed. We have our Christmas festival here, a place filled with children, people that don't even know Jesus got to experience the love of Christ. That's the already breaking through. We host in this very room a dinner to celebrate the special needs people in our community. It's the already kingdom of God breaking through. Friday we celebrated and were able to hear a little bit about the ministry in the Dominican. That's the already kingdom of God breaking through. God on the move, setting things right, making his kingdom come now on earth. But what about this future? What about this not yet kingdom of God? See, like naughty kids at Christmas, so many of us, we live our lives in fear. We're afraid we might not have lived a good enough life. We're afraid that when we reach judgment day, as this not yet kingdom happens, that God's going to check his list twice, of course, and find out that we've been naughty. He's going to say your good hasn't outweighed your bad. What if you didn't pray enough? What if you didn't give enough to the church? What about your swearing problem? What about your struggle with addiction? Last week we talked about the ghost of Christmas yet to come. And Scrooge, remember, feared him most of all. And I told you my favorite adaptation of that is the Muppet Christmas Carol. And I saw that many of you sent me text showing me that you had seen that movie this week. And so uh, it's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, check out him up at Christmas Carol. But this past week, I went with the primetimers, our family did, uh, to the Derby dinner and saw a Christmas Carol. 
And when the ghost of Christmas yet to come came out, it wasn't scary. It was a young woman dressed in white, a ballerina. Uh, This isn't scary, but yet there's something about what's yet to come that can scare us. Having some of us the fear of the unknown. It's once again one of the top things on our list. But many of us live our lives with the fear of the not yet, like a child waiting for a lump of coal. I've heard the way we talk about this. This fear that, well, I don't know, hopefully on judgment day, I'll be able to make it. He'll let me in. I don't know. I messed up this week. You don't know how bad I've been. We're living with this fear. And fear might help motivate a kid to clean their room so they don't get a lump of coal, but it's a terrible way to live in the kingdom of God. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 says, Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son who also became flesh and blood. At that first advent. For only as a human being could he die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. See, the fear of death is universal. But for those who heard this for the first time, it was a different kind of reality for them than it is for us. Because, see, they lived in the tension of the already not yet where just their believing could cause their death. The persecution they faced, it was real. Them living in that kingdom had a tension that most of us don't understand, at least in this country. I know it's different in other countries, But here in America, we don't yet face that kind of persecution. We don't yet live in fear of our faith becoming our death. In America, we feel that when someone says happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas, we're being persecuted. But that's not real persecution, is it? There are places where the gospel, the good news of Jesus is not welcomed. But because Jesus came on Christmas Day, the first advent, we don't have to live in any kind of fear anymore. We don't have to live not only in fear of being persecuted, but in fear of what's going to happen in the end. You don't have to live afraid. 1 Thessalonians 4.13 says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died, so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. See, they, they had people that had died around them already. And they lived in fear of what was going to happen. He says, for since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout. With the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God, first the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with our Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. Now we could do a whole series just on this passage. You're talking about what's going to happen at the end of time. And that's not the point of what we're talking about right now. The point is that we don't have to live in fear. What does that verse end say? Or end by saying, so encourage each other with these words. These shouldn't make us afraid. These should fill us with excitement. 
of the not yet kingdom of God coming. Now, I'll admit, I don't understand all that's going on in the already not yet kingdom. I don't know why God allows some things to happen. I know this weekend of two car accidents just this weekend that involved life-threatening injuries and even death of a young child. I don't understand why that would happen. How in the already not yet kingdom of God, that should happen. I don't understand why some even in this room have faced diseases. Some have experienced healings and others have not. I don't understand that. I don't understand why your marriage might be on the rocks. Even though you're trying with all your might to do all you can, it's just not working out. I can't understand that. I don't fully comprehend how in the kingdom of God it can be that way. But see, in the tension of living in the already not yet, we already read about this, creation is groaning. We've got a foretaste, a glimpse of how it's supposed to be, but it's not yet like that. 1 Corinthians 13 tells us this, verse 12. Now we see these things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I now know is partial and incomplete in the already kingdom. But when I know everything, but then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. These three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. I love the way that the NLT translates this. A puzzling reflection. Right? We don't really understand it. Some things just don't make sense this side of eternity. But being puzzled and fearful are not the same thing. So how can we live in the already not yet without fear? How can you live without fear of what's going to happen when the kingdom of God arrives at the second advent? The answer is in the last verse that we just read. And it might surprise you how simple it is. Love. 1 John 3 says this. See how very much our father loves us. For he calls us his children, and that is what we are. Not what we're going to be, right? We are. But the people who belong to the world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. Dear friends, we are already God's children, but we are not, but he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like him. For we will see him as he really is. It'll no longer be a puzzling reflection. And all who have this eager expectation will keep themselves pure just as he is pure. See, if we know God's love, we live in eager expectation, not fear. What are you living in eager expectation of? What's this future in the not yet The prophet Isaiah, the same prophet who prophesied about the coming Emmanuel, said this in Isaiah 65, 17. He says, look, I am creating new heavens and a new earth. And no one will even think about the old ones anymore. Be glad. Rejoice forever in my creation. And look, I will create Jerusalem as a place of happiness. 
Her people will be a source of joy. I will rejoice over Jerusalem and delight in my people. And the sound of weeping and crying will be heard no more. The end of our scriptures in Revelation chapter 21 tells us again about this not yet kingdom. Revelation 21, starting in verse 1, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Same language. For the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming up from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there'll be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Amen? And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I'm making everything new. And then he said to me, write this down. For what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, it is finished. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. The first advent, the king of the first advent, and the king of the second advent. This is just a glimpse of what's in store for us in the not yet kingdom. We don't need to live in fear. Why? 1 John 4, 16 tells us, we know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. God is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. See, it's not perfect yet. We're living in the tension of the already not yet, but it's growing more perfect as we spend more time with God. So we will not be afraid of the day of judgment, he says, but we will face it with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such fear or such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. You might have heard this casts out, it gets rid of, it kicks it to the curb. If we are afraid, it's for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. Perfect love casts out fear. You've heard that before, I'm sure. But I don't know about you, but I often don't live that way. I live in fear of what's going to happen. As a country, we've lived in fear over the last few years with some things, haven't we? Maybe more so than we did previously. But we don't need to be afraid. We don't need to be afraid of what's happening now or the coming kingdom of God. See, if you live in fear of the not yet, it's a sign that something is wrong. I want to say that again. If you live in fear of the not yet, of judgment day, that's a sign to you that something is wrong. In you. We don't have to live in fear. Now, I don't say that to say something's wrong with you. It's pointing a finger at you. I'm saying that's a sign. That means something's going on. That's God doing something at work with you. If you fear the not yet kingdom of God, 
that something within you, the Holy Spirit stirring, saying, guess what? Something's not right. You need to look at that because you don't have to live in fear. Not putting our hope, our trust, and faith in a God who loves us. 2 Corinthians 5.15 says, actually, I need to find it here. I didn't write it down there. 2 Corinthians 5, starting in verse 15, says, He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how different we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. If we belong to Jesus, we're living already in the already not yet kingdom of God. So you might be asking, how can I live in the kingdom of God with no fear? Well, I'm glad you asked. John chapter 11, Jesus gives us the answer. He says, I'm the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. Even though at one time we will face death. And whoever lives by believing in me, though, they will never die. Do you believe this? That's the question for all of us, isn't it? Do we believe that? That we don't need to fear the not yet coming kingdom of God if we believe in him. Do you believe this? We've been talking the last few weeks about hope, joy, and peace. And we can have those things, not completely, but we can have them in the already because they all stem from love. We have hope because we know that we're loved. We can have joy in spite of the difficult circumstances that we're going through because we know who loves us. We can experience a peace that passes all understanding because it comes out of a love that Jesus has for us. And finally, we can move towards that day, the not yet kingdom of God without fear because we know that it's contained in love. That the point of that judgment day, the point of the not yet kingdom of God breaking through is not for us to live in fear, but for us to live in love. As we grow in our faith, we grow in love. We're shaped by love. We begin to look more like love. We're told, we just read about it, that one day we will be perfected like Jesus is perfected in love. So we can move into the space of things that we don't understand in this already because of that love. We walk in love, but we also walk towards love. The first advent, Jesus coming down in a manger allowed us to walk in love, but we're walking in love towards it being perfect. Towards that puzzling reflection being made complete. The alpha and the omega the one who was and is and is to come. Through his spirit and the word, he's guiding us through the already towards the not yet with him. Do you believe this?
So I'm going to end this series with the same question that we started with. What are you doing with your waiting? In this space between the already and the not yet kingdom of God, what are you doing in that space? What are you doing with the waiting? Are you living in fear? Or are you living in love? Are you resting in the truth of Romans chapter 15, 13? I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Are you waiting with eager expectation or are you waiting in fear? You don't have to live in fear this Christmas. You don't have to live in fear of a lump of coal when that day comes. Over the past few weeks, we've been lighting these candles. And the first candle reminded us of the hope that we have in Jesus. That hope is coming, that hope will come again. Then we lit the second candle. And we reminded of the joy that we had. And that our joy is separated. It's independent from our circumstances. We can have joy in spite of the struggles that we go through. Because we're made with love in Christ. Many of us don't feel the peace around us. We don't feel peace with ourselves or with God. And that next candle reminds us that we are in the middle of the not yet, the already not yet, in the waiting. But in that waiting, we can have peace. And in this Advent season, we have a circular wreath that reminds us of God's love, of his faith, of the hope, of the joy that we can have in him. And it's circular to remind us that it has no end. That it's all connected. That each one of those helps us to live in the already not yet kingdom. And so we embrace them all. And one day we will find them all perfected in Christ. Now this morning we're going to light the candle that represents love. The love that came down in a manger. And the love that is coming again. It reminds us of God's preparation for the coming of Christ to be born in Bethlehem. The Savior that would be the most powerful demonstration of love by paying for our sins and driving out all fear. John 3.16, passage we know very well, many of us. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish. They don't have to live in fear, but have everlasting life. For God does not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. We are a people who are beloved of Christ. We live as people changed by the love, a never-ending love. And because of this love, we don't have to live in fear anymore. Love came down at Bethlehem that night and it changed everything. We've been doing these readings each week and I want to ask you to read the words in yellow as we come to them. Lord, you are the love of the world. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Heavenly Father, we thank you for loving us with an everlasting love that reminds us of your promise to make all things new again. Give us hearts that see your love around us and share the same love that you have for others. O come, O come, Emmanuel. May your love burn strong in our hearts, spreading love to those around us. Amen. We see God in the already but we wait 
with eager expectation for a day when he will wipe every tear from our eyes. There'll be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All of those will be gone. We don't have to live in fear anymore. Amen? Do you believe this? I want to ask you to stand. We're going to end singing a song that speaks to the powerful, powerful coming of Christ. How one day as we cross over into eternity, into the not yet kingdom of God and realize it, experience it fully, that we will stand before the God of love, the God of hope, the God of joy, and the God of peace. And we'll cry, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Do you believe this? That's his invitation to you today. Do you believe this? If the answer is yes, then you don't have to be afraid. No matter what's coming your way, no matter what you've experienced, I'm not saying it's going to be, not going to be difficult or that it's going to be fun, but you don't have to fear it. If you are living in fear, let that be a reminder to you. Something's not right. Don't let this Christmas go by without putting your faith and your hope and your love in Christ so that you don't have to live in fear anymore. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for the already not yet kingdom of God that's broken through as Jesus came and what we celebrate here on Christmas. Lord, we know in this space between in this tension that we're gonna face things. And Lord, I wanna pray right now for those in this room and those online who in this already kingdom of God are struggling, Lord. Maybe it's a physical ailment, a disease that's taken over their body, a death, Lord, that's happened in their family or their friends. Maybe it's their first Christmas without a spouse. They say, this is puzzling, Lord. This doesn't make any sense why I should face this in the already kingdom of God. Lord, for those that have marriages that are struggling, I pray that you would help them to heal, but Lord, they would also recognize that in this tension, there's going to be struggles, but they can get through, Lord. They can hold on to the hope and the joy and the peace and the love that you have for them. Lord, I pray for those families that are struggling, that are wrestling with the fear, Lord. For those of us who might have the fear of the unknown, Lord, help us to remember that perfect love casts out fear and that one day we will be with you in paradise saying, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. God, this Christmas, help us to not live in fear, but to live in love, walking towards love and living in the love that you promised us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And the church together said, amen. amen. Let's worship together.